For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. My man Kevin Cleland is running the boards, engineering, producing. Thank you so much. How you doing, Kevin? Hey, doing pretty good. Uh, my weekend wasn't quite as eventful and fun as yours. Oh, yeah, it was, it was Labor Day weekend. Hope everybody had a good Labor Day weekend. I had a fantastic Labor Day weekend. I was in Vegas. It was amazing, hot, fun, good times. Uh, wasn't a wasn't a big sports weekend. I mean, college football was back, and uh, we had you know some good teams hold serve at at, at home in the opening week. But um, this week we're gonna talk about. Um, I'm gonna do my NFL predictions. We're going to see what, uh, what I think about the upcoming season and, and hear what Kevin might think about uh, how the teams are going to do this year. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some tennis. I ain't done that on this show yet, Kevin. We're going to talk about tennis and the U.S. Open. We're also going to talk about the NFL and gambling. And we're going to touch a little bit on name, image, likeness within the NCAA. But first up. Kevin, we are one, two, three days away from the kickoff of the NFL season. Can't wait. Can't wait, right? Bar Scott, can't wait. And you know what that means, though, right? We're three days away from the kickoff. You know what we got to do, right? Predictions. 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 We got we to predict so that people can listen to this, and then when I'm wrong, they can come at me and say, oh, we knew you were wrong. We knew you were wrong. We told you he was going to. Everybody wants to, uh, to make Mr. Right be wrong at some point. So I'm going to put myself on the line and talk about what I think is going to happen this year and who I think is going to finish where. Let's start with the AFC West. Uh, (laughs) Is there anything to talk about? I don't think there's anything to talk about in the AFC West besides Kansas City Chiefs and how many games uh, that uh, they will win. Uh, Last year they went 14-2. and I'm going to say this year, and remember this year we got 17 games, right? There's 17, there's an extra game this year. Uh, I, it's a foregone conclusion. The Kansas City Chiefs are winning <laughs> the AFC West. Uh, it just matters by how many games, right? And uh, second place was the LA Rams. Was the Jesus? I keep messing that up. LA, Las Vegas. It's Las Vegas. I was just there. I drove by the stadium, which is uh, unbelievable, uh, by the way. Uh, Allegiant Stadium. Um, the Raiders finished eight and eight last year. Uh, the Chargers were seven and nine, and the Denver Broncos were five and eleven. I think you're going to see reversal this year with some of these teams in the, in the AFC West uh, because I believe Denver, with Teddy Bridgewater, got stable at quarterback. I mean, last year they were playing Drew Locke, and he had his ups and downs, but more downs than ups. And you just can't win in this league unless you have, a, you have stability at the quarterback position. And that's what Teddy Bridgewater brings. Teddy Bridgewater isn't bringing you uh, the glitz and the glamour of a Patrick Mahomes or, or Josh Herbert. but 
Teddy Bridgewater is going to get you in the right place at the right time, make the right throws, and keep the ball from the other team, which is all you really want. That's all you can ask for. And the Denver Broncos' defense is insane. So I've got the Broncos finishing second to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West. I don't know about a playoff spot, right? I don't know if they're going to turn around from 5-11 on 11 to 8-8 eight and eight or, or not even 8-8 eight and eight because they'd have to be 9-8. Uh, nine and eight. Um, nine and eight, or hell, could they mess around and be ten and hell, ten and uh, ten and seven? I, I don't know, but I definitely think that they're going to finish second. Uh, the Raiders, I feel like they'll slip a bit, and I think the Chargers might come up a bit. So I'm going to go Kansas City, Denver, Chargers, Raiders. That's how I see it. That's what I'm saying. Don't at me, bro. NFC East, and I'm just jumping around. I could have went AFC East, but I'm going NFC East here, right? Um, <sighs> Kevin, this was the worst division in football last year. The worst. Washington football team won the division. <laughs> you know how many games they won last year to win a division in the NFL? Was it eight wins? Seven. Seven, yeah. Seven wins won that putrid division. The New York Giants coming in second at 6-10. and 10, The Dallas Cowboys coming in at 6-10. and 10, And the Philadelphia Eagles uh, pulling up the, 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 the tra- trailing at 4-11. and 11. None of these teams got well, – okay, one team got markedly better, the Dallas Cowboys, because they got their quarterback back. I mean, hell, they, had, they, had, they lost Dak Prescott after, I think, what was it, the fifth week last year? So – they're getting him back. They're going to have an, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback and almost maybe an MVP caliber quarterback, depending on how he bounces back from that ankle surgery. They're going to have a real shot in the arm with Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. Oh, my God. I was watching a clip today, Kevin, of Amari Cooper running a route on, in, in practice. I hate the Cowboys with all my heart, but this is probably the most gorgeous route I've ever seen in my life. Uh, oh, God, I, I can't wait to see how these dudes ball with Dak Prescott out there and Ezekiel Elliott possibly making, you know, a, a return. I mean, last year was probably his worst year in yards per carry. I think he was at 3.8 yards a carry, and it steadily decreased in the past two years. But I think the offensive line gets a little bit better with Dak Prescott being there for an entire year. If he can stay healthy, the Dallas Cowboys win this division. I mean, the Washington football team has the dopest de- – they have one of the dopest defenses in the NFL. but. You know who their quarterback is? It's Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is going to be – oh, Kevin, he is going to start out great, okay? He's going to start out great, and everybody is going to say, oh, my God, it's Fitz magic. And then the magic wears off about six games into the season, and then you got to bench him, and then they have to go to Taylor uh, Heineke, okay? And then the season's over. <laughs> that, that is just what it's going to be. So, Washington football team fans, don't get your hopes up. It'll be a couple of weeks, and you guys will look just all right. If you squint, the Washington football team will look just all right. And then about week seven, week eight, they're going to fall off a cliff, and they'll be what they're going to be. New York Giants, I don't even know what to do with that. Um, they're getting Saquon Barkley back. Uh, Daniel Dimes, we'll see how he, how he turns out uh, this year. Although, this preseason – they treated him like he was some kind of star and barely played him in the preseason. I don't understand that. Like, I, like that dude needs all the work he can get. I mean, he has a turnover problem. He fumbles. He throws interceptions. Why don't you have him out there getting the reps with the first team, getting better, and just learning more of his craft? But, hey, I ain't the coach, man. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. 
is he is he the guy? Is he not the guy? They just brought in Gardner Minshew. We'll see how that plays out. I'm rooting for the kid because I like him. Uh, I hope he gets a chance. And, you know what I'm saying, like we said last week when I was talking Melinda Hale, I'm rooting for everybody that's black, man. I mean, not that I don't root for white people, but I root especially hard for, for brothers at quarterback trying to make a come up. So, Jalen Hurts, I hope it does, goes well for you. But I just don't know about the Eagles. We're we going to see. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Dallas Cowboys win that division. And I don't care where anybody else falls because they're all going to be terrible anyways. Uh, the NFC North, Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, Detroit Lions. It's a foregone conclusion. Uh, Green Bay Packers are going to win that division. Aaron Rodgers came back, and, you know, he, he was never going anywhere to begin with. I don't know why anybody ever thought that he was going to leave. He had three years left on his contract. The Green Bay Packers were not letting possibly the greatest quarterback of all time just walk away, and he was not about to retire and leave $25 million on the table. I don't know why people love counting other people's pockets, but there was no way that man was going to do that. The Green Bay Packers finished 13 and 3 last year. I can see about the same this year, 13 and 4, 14 and 3. Um, Chicago Bears, I think they're going to be better. Uh, it depends on what they do. You know, their coach, Nagy, is hell bent on having Andy Dalton start this year. And I think that is at the detriment of the team because clearly Justin Fields is a better quarterback a better person to have under center because he can move and that offensive line isn't going to be great you want somebody out there who can when things break down he can take off I and I don't even care about the, the Vikings Kirk Cousins I think is terrible uh Detroit Lions uh they got Jared Goffel he's even worse than Kirk Cousins so those two teams are irrelevant um I think it'll end up being the Green Bay Packers Chicago Bears and I will say the Minnesota Vikings and Detroit Lions follow up the rear be the same thing uh NFC South New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons. Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl last year. They finished 11-5, second in the division. This year, they bring back all 22 starters on the team, Kevin, and they have uh, Tom Brady, who is possibly the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, there is no doubt they are going to win this division. <laughs> I, can't, I can't see anybody coming close to them. Uh, I'm, I, I think the sleeper in this division, though, is New Orleans Saints because – I don't know why most people want to leave. Uh, James, they left Jameis Winston for dead, but that dude can throw the damn football. He was the number one overall pick for a reason. He was rookie of the year for a reason. He made a Pro Bowl for a reason. He just had one bad damn year throwing the football to the other team, and they weren't all his fault. He had one year to, re, you know, to recover, and now he's playing with a great offensive mind in Sean Payton. We're going to see what Jameis can do with this squad because I'm going to tell you this, and some people might be mad. Last year, Drew Brees wasn't a good Drew Brees. I think this Jameis Winston is better than the last time we saw Drew Brees, and that will be a come-up for this team. Now, they are missing their star wide receiver. Um, uh, Michael, I'm forgetting forget, forget my man's last name. Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas, my man. He, he's missing, but uh, I think they'll still be able to make, make up some ground, man. I feel like they could come in second in this division. Carolina Panthers brought in um, old boy from USC, uh, Darnold, Sam Darnold, and he was damn terrible with the Jets, and now he's with the Carolina Panthers. I don't know how that's going to work out. Atlanta Falcons, who gives a damn? Um, I'm going to say Tampa Bay, one, Saints, Carolina Panthers, and then we'll go with the Falcons. NFC West is very dear to my heart and your heart, Kevin, because— That is a good division. Yes, oh, oh man. I think it's the best division in football. Like, you got the Seahawks, you got the Rams, you got the Cardinals, you got the San Francisco 49ers. And the, the record last year was misleading because the San Francisco 49ers were playing without their starting quarterback for damn near more than half of the year. We get Jimmy Garoppolo back, who I think is a good quarterback. People 
dude, when the guy plays, the team almost never loses. And when he doesn't play, we can't buy a damn victory. So I'm going to I'm going to flip this around this year. I think the 49ers come back up because that defense is uh, is going to be ridiculous, man. The defense flies after the ball. We only thing the 49ers are missing this year, I believe, is a true number one receiver. They got a bunch of guys out there who can catch the ball, but not one dude who you could throw the ball up to and know that he's going to make it happen for you. And I think that's the difference for them. And also the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. He's not great. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl, but he could get you to one. So I'm going to flip it around, and I think the Seattle Seahawks take a step back because that defense is terrible. Um, But you can never count out Russell Wilson. And I like the Rams. The Rams bringing in um, a quarterback uh, from Detroit Lions. What was his name? Uh, Stafford. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Yeah, I think they're going to be good. I think that defense is amazing as well. We'll see how Stafford does now that he actually has something to play for. For years he was with Detroit, and they couldn't get a damn thing done because the defense was usually not so good. And – he didn't step up in the biggest moments. So now we're going to see him be here and see what he can do with a real defense um, and some expectations. I'm going to say 49ers win the NFC West, the Rams coming right behind him with the Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. I think you could mess around, man. You could mess around and get three teams in the playoffs from the NFC West. You could. I really think that that could happen. But I'm probably right, but we will see. Uh, who else we got here? We got AFC North. Pittsburgh Steelers won the division last year, 12 and 4. Baltimore Ravens 11 and 5. Cleveland Browns 11 and 5. Cincinnati Bengals 4 and 11. This is a tough division too, right? They've got a lot of dope teams in this damn division vying for a playoff spot. Uh, the Cleveland Browns made a huge come up last year. We will see how they bounce back. You know, this year with more expectations on Baker Mayfield. I was never a Baker Mayfield fan. I think the dude is good, not great. Um, I like him. The problem with Baker Mayfield to me, and when I hear people talk about this, you know, they've got some dope receivers, right? And they get OBJ back coming off of injury. And people have always said, okay, well, when OBJ is there, Brad, uh, when OBJ is there, Baker Mayfield just doesn't play up to expectations. And he tries to give him the ball too much, and it kind of just ruins the whole team. But that's not an OBJ problem. That's a Baker Mayfield problem. You ain't paying this dude all this money to be deferring to a damn wide receiver. We talked about this before, Kevin. I played wide receiver in college. When I was the dude the quarterback was, was deferring to, we lost. You pay this dude to be the guy telling that receiver to shut the hell up. So we're going to see how the dynamic works with Baker and OBJ this year. Can they bounce back? Can they make it work? And the Baltimore Ravens, I feel like people sleep on them. And people might rightfully sleep on them this year because they had some setbacks. I mean, J.K. Dobbins just went down. They just lost another running back. Uh, Torres Achilles, man. So – uh, Lamar Jackson going to be doing a lot of damn running this year. He's going to do a lot of damn running, and hopefully his passing is, is getting getting to where it needs to be to really make that leap. Like, I think he's – I mean, he's, he's accurate. He's dope. I'm not saying he's not a good passer, which the narrative starts to become, but what he needs to do is make these throws. And honestly, he doesn't have a number one receiver. He's got tight ends that he throws to, right? Mark Andrews just got a huge extension. Uh, by the Ravens, and that's who his number one target is. But if you want this dude to blossom into the quarterback that we all think he can be and he and he could be, they got to get him a real number one receiver. They got Sammy Watkins there now. Um, Hollywood Brown is still there. We'll see how they do. I don't think the Steelers win this division again. I'm going to go back with – I'm going to say the Browns. 
turn it around and win this division this year. I'm going to go with the Browns, number one. I'm going to go with the Ravens, second, and the Steelers, number three. I don't think you get three teams out of this one right here. I, it, you, you could, but I just don't see it. But who knows? Last division. No, no. We got two more. Two more. Uh, AFC East. Buffalo Bills won the division last year, 13-3. Miami Dolphins, 10-6. New England Patriots, 7-9. New York Jets, 2-14. I think that this division is a runaway for Buffalo Bills. People are talking about the New England Patriots uh, being a sneaker, uh, a sneak team. I don't see that. Like, you, you're not going to tell me that they are going to start Mac Jones, a rookie, and all of a sudden this team is going to go to the playoffs? I just – when does that – how often does that happen? A, a rookie quarterback comes in and sets the league on fire like that, and the team goes to the playoffs. And he's not even a, a rookie quarterback that can run the damn ball. This is a dude who has to have everything perfect for him to drop back and have a clean pocket and make the throws. Without having a real number one receiver, we will see how that goes. I'm, I'm skeptical. I think the Dolphins make a, a bit of a come up this year because I think Tua learns from last year and gets a little bit better. And uh, I, I, New York Jets, uh, they were two and fourteen last year. I can see them being two and fifteen this year. <laughs> like I don't see much, much change. I like Zach Wilson in the preseason, but I'm have to see it for real when the bullets start flying. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say Buffalo Bills one, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, and the Jets. And the Buffalo Bills, yo, uh, Allen had a dope year last year and got his big extension. He made a gigantic leap from his second year to his third year. Now let's see what he does in this fourth year. Although I've been watching him in the preseason, he's looked amazingly dope. We're going to see. Buffalo Bills, though, I think win that division, and Miami Dolphins might get a playoff spot out of that. And last but not least, we have the AFC South with the Tennessee Titans coming in 11-5, Indianapolis Colts 11-5, Houston Texans 4-12, and the Jacksonville Jaguars 15. Uh, this is one of the worst divisions in football, probably, I, I would say, besides the NFC East. Um, the Tennessee Titans should win this division going away. Indianapolis Colts, uh, you know, they got Carson Wentz, and he's coming off of his COVID protocols and all, all the, you know, the injuries and all that stuff. And he was terrible last year with, the, with the, the Eagles. We'll see how he bounces back with the Colts. I don't really believe in him. Houston Texans, uh, they got a quarterback that we shall not name because he's got some things going on that we don't know about, and he will not be on the team this year. So they got my man Tyrod Taylor playing. I'm rooting for everybody that's black, Kevin. So Tyrod, I hope that you ball out, Tyrod, but it's gonna be a, uh, there's going to be a lot of ass whoopers going on for the Houston Texans this year. And the Jacksonville Jaguars with Urban Meyer, who I don't think is long for the NFL, uh, they're going to be terrible. Uh, Urban has made terrible move after terrible move this damn year. I, I mean, yo. The first thing was with, with, with getting the coach, right? I forget what the coach's name. They, they got the coach who was uh, accused of the racist remarks when he was coaching in college and all that. Didn't even talk to the team, but said he did. Then he had to fire the dude. Then he brought in Tim, Tim, Tim Tebow, gave him a chance to play tight end when the boy had never played tight end before in the NFL. Put this man on uh, the roster to go to the preseason and look terrible. He, he was terrible. Finally got cut, cut, taking a roster spot for somebody else who probably could have done better with it. And then... He just traded his backup quarterback, uh, Gardner Minshew, to the Eagles for a sixth-round sixth pick. Now, I don't know, but I feel like the NFL is not uh, deep on quarterbacks. Hell, if you have a good backup quarterback, you hold on to that dude as long as you can. Gardner Minshew had two years left on his contract, and it was only making $600,000 a year. And you traded this dude for a sixth-round pick? Why the hell would you do What are you doing? Well, people were saying Gardner Minshew asked for a trade. I don't care if he asked for anything. 
I'm not letting that dude go when I got a rookie quarterback who we got to see how he's going to play. If he gets injured, we might have to go to a backup, and you're going to let this dude walk for a ham sandwich? Hell no. I'm going to go ahead and say number one, Tennessee Titans. Number two, Colts. Number three, Texans. Number four, Jacksonville Jaguars. Who knows? But everybody likes predictions, so I did some predictions. I don't know. I'm probably right. But if I'm wrong, I know y'all tell me about it. We'll be back. Uh, Kevin, today we are actually going to talk about uh, a sport that I don't think I've ever even mentioned on this show. Uh, tennis. Do you do you play tennis? Uh, not in years. Um, not a sport I love, but maybe I need to give it another try. I am not good at tennis. I'm I'm, I'm awful at tennis, actually. Like um, I. I don't know how to hit it backwards, forwards. I don't know how to do anything. Uh, but, you know, I can do this with the ball. You know, you put the ball right there and I can do all that little stuff. But tennis is one of my favorite sports to watch. Like, I love watching rallies back and forth. Um, it's so cool to see these how they set these shots up and the amount of velocity they put on these balls and the women and the men. Just phenomenal. I was watching today. Hell, you know what? Really was interesting to me because right now the U.S. Open is going on, right? And it's, I think it's happening in New York. I think it always, it's usually always in New York. Um, I was watching the dude uh, Sisypus. Have you, have you seen him? Not familiar with him, no. Oh, man. He's a Greek player. Uh, he's currently ranked number three in the world. But there, there's been problems with this dude when he plays against people because he likes to take bathroom breaks. He takes bathroom breaks during the match. And so it feels like, I mean, and people complain about it. They say that it throws them off because, you know, he takes a long break. He'll take a break and wipe himself off and needs to, like, you know, chill. And then he goes to the bathroom, like, twice during a match. But it's all within the rules, right? So he's literally taking these breaks, and then people are coming back, and he comes back to play, and they're like, dude, he was gone for so long, now I don't feel like I have any momentum, which I don't even know if momentum is really a thing. It's just somebody, something in people's head. But I get it. If you've, like, cooled off, and that guy's whole regiment is based on, I'm going to the bathroom every 30 minutes and fuck your game up. But that's what he was doing. But you know what? There's something interesting about this dude. Um, and his name is Stefano uh, Sisypus. Um, that dude... He is somebody, if you watch him play, he's somebody that normally we are supposed to hate. And what I mean by hate is this dude is not here for any humility. He is not humble. beyond The, the passion he plays with is unbelievable. This guy, every time he wins a point, he is screaming to the high heavens. Okay? He's yelling. He's fist pumping. It reminds me of like... Tiger Woods in golf, what it gave you a shot of like energy, like, oh my gosh, this guy is like, it's something different. It's not the quiet and the, you know, the gentleman's game. Like, no, this dude is out there, there he's out there giving his all to win these damn points, and he's showing you how much he cares about it. And I am here for it. I wish every tennis player would would win a rally and scream. I wish they they scream for every point. Hell, I want to see somebody break dance. After winning a damn tennis match, I think it would be amazing. And, and it sucks because Sisyphus is not there anymore. He got he got bounced out. I think um, this past Friday he lost. But today I was watching today and just a riveting match. Okay, a young uh, superstar coming up. Her name is Layla Fernandez. She's unranked um, at the Open. She beat the fifth uh, the fifth ranked player. Uh, uh, I think her name is Svitolina. 
Um, I, I, Svitolina is her last name, but I know she's married to uh, Gail Monfi. You know Monfi, Kevin? No. You don't remember Monfi? Uh, he's a tennis player. He's a, I think he's from France. Um, and that is her husband, and he's out there practicing with her and everything. But Layla Fernandez is from Canada, my second home, because my wife is Canadian. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Canada. Y'all came up this week. Uh, Layla Fernandez, 19 years old. Match was insane. She won in two. She won in three. No, they had three sets they had to do. She won the tiebreaker. And I mean, the energy, the passion she showed, like she fell out on the ground. She's crying. Her family is there. And they look like they're of, uh, you know, Fernandez, they're of Latin descent from Canada. Uh, it was so dope to see them like just enjoying it. And I'm just, I love tennis, man. I can't play it worth a damn, but I like watching it. I love seeing the stories, especially at the U.S. Open, when you get to see like stars be born. And now I'm a fan of Layla Fernandez and I'm going to try to watch everything she does. And hell, I don't know what is going to happen. If she's, if there's a, uh, you know, if this week she won this match, I don't know who she, because this was the quarterfinal. So I think she plays uh, Sabalenka or uh, I don't even know. Man, some of these tennis names, it, I can't even pronounce them. So I ain't even going to say nothing to, to, to embarrass myself. But uh, it's like B. Krejcikova. I, I might have done that right, Kevin. It's uh, Krejcikova. Pulled it off good. Yeah, I think I think that might be might be the thing. Um and hell, even with uh, with our our men's side, I think Djokovic. I think he just won yesterday, and I think he might still be there. Djokovic, I don't know. He he might Djokovic might have got bounced too, but I think that uh, there is going to be just phenomenal finals in this U.S. Open, and I'm glad the fans are back because you know last year there was no fans for any of these matches with COVID, and now people are able to be there. It's exciting to hear the fans and see the fans. Um, if you guys are not watching U.S. Open, start watching. Pay attention to Layla Fernandez. She is uh, phenomenal. She's about to be one of the new bright stories in this game. And um, I'm excited to see it, man. So I suck, but the U.S. Open does not. Tune in. Learn some new stuff. We'll be back. So... The NFL has uh, finally made the the turn, and now they are embracing gambling. Have you um have you you you, you bet on some games, right, Kevin? You you play a little. You do. I've been known to participate in a lot of FanDuel. Yes, right, um, and that is uh you know legalized betting, um you know fantasy football, legalized betting. You go to Vegas. I mean, you can go to the sports pick in Vegas and it is packed. Whenever there's a game on, it is packed full of people. They've got the biggest jumbotron with all the odds of anything you could ever bet on. And most important betting of anything you can do in Vegas is the NFL. Um, it's the reason why you look on any website and they show you the matchup for a game. Uh, hell, the Arizona Cardinals versus the 49ers. And there will be a plus five minus four and a half something they will show you and that is the betting odds that every website that you possibly look at tells you why because of betting and for years the nfl said that they were against betting i mean before i was born pete roselle the nfl commissioner was staunchly against any type of betting. There would be no uh, you know, gambling in the NFL. They suspended players for having bet on games. 
um, uh, Alex Karras. Uh, if you don't know who Alex Karras is, he was uh, George Papadopoulos. Do you remember George Papadopoulos, Kevin? I do, yeah. Yes, from uh, the TV father of Webster. Um, Alex Karras was, uh, was kicked out of the league. Paul Hornig was kicked out of the league uh, for gambling on um, NFL games. It was a big deal. We don't want this to be involved in our sport. Paul Tagliabu kept up the stance. No gambling in the NFL. We are not a party to that. We don't want this part of our game yet. And still, the NFL kept giving you injury reports, and they approved. Uh, and, 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 you know, and betting lines were tied to their games. They give you an injury report. Why? So you can know which players weren't playing, what might sway uh, bet makers in the odds, all that stuff. But we, you know, kept it, kept it chill. Uh, then we get uh, Roger Goodell takes over. And they start slowly inching towards gambling being okay. You can see it in the writing, right? Because what happens? The Oakland Raiders move from Oakland to where? Las Vegas. And that was a big deal that was, was uh, thought was never going to happen. Never going NFL to happen. did not like it. NFL said they would never, ever have a team in Las Vegas. Why? Because it would put players too close to the action where they could be compromised and uh, be be reached by people trying to shave points or, uh, you know, uh, hell, win bets. Was never going to happen. But now we have a team in Las Vegas, right? Uh, we have the uh, Las Vegas Raiders there now. And the NFL just recently signed agreements with Fox Bet, Bet MGM, Points Bet, and Win Bet to become approved sportsbook operators for the 2021 NFL season. That means that all four of those companies can now buy airtime to run commercials during NFL games. NFL is a partner in it. NFL gets paid from it. NFL is now cool with gambling. And the only reason I bring this up, because I don't have a problem with gambling. I like to gamble on games. I love playing FanDuel. Um, I love playing fantasy football, which I just had a fantasy football draft that went terribly wrong because I was in Vegas uh, drinking and partying, and my draft was at 6.30 at the height of my drunkenness, okay? So <laughs> I'm on my computer trying to do this draft, and it happens to be a keeper league, Kevin, and I've got a list of people I cannot draft, but for some reason I can't make it work, so the auto draft keeps taking people that I cannot draft, and now i got a team full of bums. So I'm going to work it out. We're going to see what kind of uh, management skills I got and how I could make it all happen for me. But more, more than anything, I do it just for the, uh, you know, for the uh, networking because there's some dope people in this group of uh, fantasy football players. But I bring this up because, to me, it's a, it's a larger point that we need to stop looking to the NFL or any kind of corporation to be your moral compass. Okay. Because they will fail you, right? And what we always do is we expect like the NFL or the corporations to be better people than, than, they sh than they're ever going to be. The NFL does not care about gambling. Like the NFL wants to make money, right? Um, hell, you see this with, with uh, Deshaun Watson and the, the legal trouble that he's having. The NFL does not care about what's happening with Deshaun Watson and these women. They care about what you think they're going to do. They want to be on the right side of whatever the public thinks is going to happen or should happen. So all they do is wait for the wind to blow. Okay. And when the wind blows towards gambling and everybody's a part of it and everything is cool, the NFL is jumping right in there because there's money to be made. 
and when the wind blows towards uh, being against domestic violence, the NFL is going to jump in there and do whatever it is to make themselves look like the right side of history. Black Lives Matter. For years, the NFL would not use that as a slogan. They would not put that on their deal. When Colin Kaepernick was sitting down, taking a knee, they were not for that. They weren't condoning it. This past year, when we had the civil unrest that swept the nation after George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, all of a sudden, the NFL is part of Black Lives Matter. All I'm saying, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is just because I just want to point out the hypocrisy that happens around the NFL and these sports leagues. And yes, I profit from the NFL because I talk about it, people listen, and I get paid to do a show. It's dope. I like it. But I'm not above talking about it and criticizing it because I hope that it gets better and I hope that people understand that they're a business. They're a corporation. What they do is strictly just for money. It's not to be moral, make you feel good, make anybody else feel good about the things they do in the world. What they're here to do is make money and make more of it. So, yo, NFL wanted to be in the, uh, the gambling business. They're in the gambling business. Am I mad at it? No. Am I going to bet on it? Yes. Am I going to lose? Probably. We'll be back after the break. College football season started up again. Kevin, did you watch any college football games this weekend? Uh, I caught a couple. Yeah, which one did you? What did you? What did you? What was the one that stood out to you? Was there anyone? Uh, no, I was just good, glad to see football again. Yeah, yeah, right. And people in the stands. Yes, that's that's the most amazing thing. There's people in the stands, and college football kicked off. With big games, uh, hell, Alabama, Miami was this weekend where we had uh, Alabama's quarterback, Bryce Young, who came out and balled out. But even before he balled out, he balled out in the bank because uh, he got like a million-dollar name, image, and likeness deal. Um, and that's what I want to talk about real quick is name, image, and likeness because uh, I haven't talked about that on this podcast yet. But um, name, image, and likeness is something that the NCAA has decided to adopt, and it allows uh, players of any sports – to sell their their likeness, right? They could be in commercials. They can be on, um, you know, video games. Or if somebody's willing to pay them, they can get paid to allow their likeness to appear in some kind of advertisement of some sort or, or any sort, right? So it's a nice way for college kids, college sports kids, to make some money and, and earn a little something, right? Um, I want college players to get paid for what they do. I've always been about college players getting paid because I feel like, they're doing a job. It's a job to show up and play a sport and entertain hundreds of thousands of people every week. The colleges make buku dollars and these kids are on scholarships. OK. Scholarships that sometimes they're not even able to do the majors that they would like to do because it coincides with their sport. And then sometimes you get some of these kids who don't even, they go to college and they're barely even taking real classes. It really happens. If you ever watch the movie The Program, go back and watch the movie The Program. It really happens. People, they, these kids are in classes, they're sham classes, they're being forwarded through just because they play a sport and they're really good. So you're saying they're getting a scholarship, but that doesn't mean they're getting an education. Just because you're going to school doesn't mean you're learning anything or you're getting anything out of it, Okay. College students who are there for, for school get something out of it because they're actually there to study, uh, get their grades and, and go to class. 
these athletes are here mainly to entertain those kids who are actually there to study. They're there to get the revenue from the TV, get the games on TV, make it to the conference championship, make it to a bowl game where the school gets tons of more money. And what does the school do with that money? They upgrade their facilities. They, you know, they, they earn more money for the school. They, <laughs> they get better facilities for these players. But instead of getting these facilities for the players, why can't they just give them some money? Right. I mean, it's, it's it's nice to go to a school that's got the best weight program and the best gym and, the you know, the best flights and the, and, and the, the best hotel we stay at when we get to uh, our out of town games. But you know what I like more than that? Some money. I'd rather have some money in my pocket to go do whatever I want to do, because you can't really have a job when you're playing these uh, college sports. It's against the rules. And so for me, what name, image and likeness did is. It's just another way for the NCAA not to have to break any bread for the players. They let somebody else do it. And they've been doing this for years. They've said that it's illegal for players to get money. But you know who you know who does pay players? Because believe it or not, players do get paid at some schools. There are guys who get some money because they are of a higher quality athlete than other people. They get paid. But you know who pays them is boosters. Boosters in a dark corner somewhere. Somebody slips them a nice little envelope full of money because they had a great week, right? Those people have always been there. They will always be there. So if those people are willing to pay them, right, why aren't why can't the schools just cut that out instead of getting these these kids in trouble for taking this money that somebody is readily ready to give them? Why don't we? Fight harder for the schools to have to give the money so then we could cut out those middlemen so then the players won't be in trouble when they take the money from those middlemen. Reggie Bush lost a Heisman years ago. Got, you know, washed out of USC and all that stuff because he took some money. You think USC really gave a damn when it was all happening? You think they didn't know that he was getting paid or any of those guys who were on these year after year championship teams was getting a little bit of help from some boosters outside? Because USC's got a bunch of damn boosters. USC is, it's LA. They got people willing to pay these kids all the time. But for some reason, we don't fight hard enough for these kids to actually just get paid from the school instead of having to go through these boosters and now this name, image, and likeness. And I think we're on our way. The train is slowly coming, but I think we're on our way because more and more you stop hearing people uh, have this argument that, you know, well, they're getting a free education. Man, damn the free education. I'm working. I want some money. Pay me what I'm worth. Well, I don't get paid to go to school. Yeah, because nobody wants to watch you do math, dog. Like, I'm not paying you to do a chemistry uh, project. I'm paying to watch these dudes run on the field really fast, catch balls, throw balls, hit balls, and slam balls. That's what people pay to see. So you're not them. Don't put yourself in that category. Think of it outside of of yourself. And would you want to get paid for a job that you do that brings in billions of dollars every year and you see none of it? Pay the players. The train is slowly coming along. I think we'll get there eventually. And what I think really needs to happen is these great college players, one day they need to all get together and unionize. That's it. They get together and unionize and say, we won't play unless we get paid. I'll tell you what will happen. 
The college teams will try to play with some of the whack players and some of the lesser, lesser talented players. It won't work. They will cave. The NCAA will fall and people will start to get paid. Trust me, it will happen. That's been the show this week. I'm Reggie Watkins. You listen to I'm Probably Right. Comment, subscribe, rate us, review us. Leave a comment. Don't be hating. Kevin, thank you so much for running the show, engineering, producing. Appreciate you. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.